When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast. This might be college football. Today we have in plan or, in, or plan for you. Great to have you with us. Uh, good afternoon here on a Tuesday afternoon. A lot to deal with and we're going to get right to it here number of guests as well. And uh, we start with this ruling that came out yesterday about Dartmouth. What exactly does it mean? It, it means something, but uh, Dartmouth men's basketball players are now employees. Does that affect other schools? Could it affect other schools? From a legal standpoint, we'll get to the bottom of it. CFP always in the news. Uh, the CFP agrees on a new revenue distribution Less than the full Power Five allotment. We'll get to that in a second with Heather Dinich. And good afternoon again. And uh, let's let's do exactly that. Uh, and then we'll get to some of the other stories of the afternoon. Heather, thanks for for being here. Been too long. It's been five weeks uh, or four weeks, I guess, since the the CFP uh, has been over and college football season never ended, did it? It never ends, Paul, but it gives us something to talk about. We're going to have a lot more to talk about with the 12-team playoff coming up and more teams. So I know there, there have been some meetings this week, as there always are. Uh, what's going on and uh, what roadmap do we have to really uh, how it's all going to work eventually? Well, the news that came out of Dallas yesterday evening, Paul, was that SMU is going to get less than the full Power 5 distribution for the next two years. This is a two-year issue. My understanding from sources is that it will be at least equal to, if not more, than what they would have received as members of the American Athletic Conference. This is significant because it is different than the way the commissioners who composed comprised the management committee and Jack Swarbrick felt when they had um, Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, UCF joined the Big 12. And my understanding as to why this is different is because when it, the Big 12 had that realignment, the commissioners begrudgingly, at least some of them begrudgingly, gave that Power 5 money to those schools when they made the leap from Group of Five to Power 5. We're talking about a difference of about one million roughly to about six million for power five and that money goes to the conferences and my understanding now is that the contract that exists was written obviously about a decade ago when the schools were in their prior leagues and that was the money the allotment and the argument is look this is what they were supposed to get when they were originally where they were at. The, things have changed. Why should we be giving our money to other schools at this point? And so they came to a compromise. ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips did the best that he could in terms of the fairness of it all. 
the ACC, SMU not commenting on it, everyone moving forward. And now they've got a bunch of real issues, bigger issues to tackle in terms of how the CFP is governed. Are they going to continue to have unanimity, which is one of the biggest reasons that there's a holdup on this five plus seven because the PAC-12 has either abstained or voted against it for the new model. The TV contract isn't done yet. The 12 team playoff will happen this fall, but there are still a lot of big picture things, not only for the next two years, but for beyond that, that the commissioners and presidents and chancellors who control the playoff have to figure out. Yeah, so Heather, uh, I, I need you to explain it because I can't. Um, we had a power five, we really don't have that anymore. Uh, so what's gonna happen uh, on Selection Sunday? So it's going to be really fun. I think what college football fans need to get ready for, Paul, is how different the seating is going to look from the selection committee's top 25. And what I mean by that is, let's just say you have Georgia as the number one seed and Alabama as the number two seed, hypothetically. Georgia wins the SEC. Alabama at number two in the seeding is going to drop to number five because the four highest ranked conference champions are going to be seeded one through four and earn first round buys. So it's a different method of what the bracket is going to look like. So that's important. I do think that conference championship games are going to continue to hold a lot of value because of the emphasis placed on automatic qualifiers. But that's why that model is important that they're talking about. And Everyone in that room, aside from the Pac-12, at this moment is in favor of five plus seven, which means the five highest ranked conference champions plus the next seven highest ranked teams. So my understanding from sources on and off the record is that they will get to that point. It just hasn't happened yet. I would expect at least in the next month or so that they take steps to get them much closer to that, if not rubber stamp it. Heather, I act like I'm in the back of the bar uh, calling in this show and asking you the question that I can't answer. Why can't we just have the, why, why can't the 12 best teams play? I mean, why do we have to do this convoluted setup? Well, that, that's a great question. And there are some people who might say that that is the best way to do it. But there is an emphasis in that room to reward conference champions, which is not necessarily the way it is now. We have seen conference champions be excluded from the college football playoff multiple times. So at this point, it's a reward that they think is the most fair way to do it, to reward the power five or power four as the sport moves forward, conference champions, plus take the group of five, which they're trying to shed that label. I don't know what else to call it, but automatic, uh, automatic qualifiers, that guarantees the um, the group of five teams of the world a spot at the table in this thing. You don't have to face unrealistic expectations of not only going undefeated, but beating the likes of Ole Miss and into your ranked power five opponent here. Uh, I'll stay the guy in the back of the bar. Uh, why, why does the group of five, I mean, what have they done to deserve this type of position? Well, they have been in the college football playoff before, so there's that. They have, they have reached it, but it's also, let's face reality here, it's the appearance of fairness, right? The reality is college football is going to wind up with the same heavyweights more often than not playing for the national championship, and it's going to be extremely difficult for that group of five team who could probably be ranked 12th or even lower than that to not only get in this thing, but think about it. You've got to win 
your conference title, you've got to win first round, quarterfinal, semifinal, and then you're in the national championship game. I mean, the reality is a team could play 17 games to win the national title. So, hey, what's wrong with giving them a chance, Paul? Well, I, mainly because I had Take to sit shot. through the Cincinnati-Alabama <laughs> game a couple of years ago, and it, it was a bore fest, and that's why I'm, I'm really not in favor of that. I'm sure you were off at, at a better game like uh, Georgia and, and Michigan while I'm stuck uh, watching Cincinnati play or try to get a first down. <laughs> um, Heather, let me get to the bigger uh, issue in, in college sports, and whether or not it affects all this or not, something tells me it probably will, and that was the announcement on Friday that the two heavyweights, the SEC and the Big Ten, mm -hmm. have formed, interpret it any way you want, uh, but how, how is that alliance between Tony Petiti and Greg Sankey going to affect and influence what we're, we're talking about here, and that's the future of the CFP? So it is an advisory committee that was formed between those two conferences. And my sources have indicated that those two conference commissioners have certainly been working more closely together and are aligned more so than their predecessors were. And that's important because these are the two biggest and wealthiest conferences moving forward in college athletics. And quite frankly, they're flexing right now. This is a small example of that. And they are the two biggest and most powerful leagues and moving forward, how much of a say do they have in the college football playoff? When we talk about governance, is there more weight thrown around the room? Um, is there, instead of unanimity, is there more weight given to the conferences that have more money, more, um, more schools, whatever, more revenue distribution, all of those things? So more access. Does that become a point of conversation down the line? The next two years are going to be a really good litmus test to see what this looks like because when you lay it out a 12-team playoff and you have those five highest ranked conference champions and the next seven highest ranked teams, how many of them are coming from the SEC, the Big Ten, and throw Notre Dame in there? So how much louder do the cries for access get? How much more assurance do those leagues want? How much more money do they want? Um, those are all real conversations that have begun to happen and will be significant down the road. But it's important to remember that uh, Pete Thamel and I have reported that ESPN is expected to be the rights holder moving forward in an agreement that would be two years for the remaining of this contract plus six years. So there should be some relative stability over the next eight years in terms of the playoff format. But this is a, a decade into the four-team playoff and couldn't finish the contract with this format. So it, the math and everything else leads to more change eventually down the road at some point. And the Big Ten and the SEC will probably be driving it. Heather, before you go, the question that uh, you're always asked, uh often during the season. Uh, we're not in this new season yet, but it's not, not far away. Who, who, who looks good to you with this new, uh, new regime in Tuscaloosa and Washington and a couple other places? Well, I mean, I'm going back to Georgia at the top. I mean, that and Ohio State plus all of the talent that they're bringing into the, their program right now with transfers and the transfer portal, I think those two teams are at the top of the list, but we'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to be an interesting year without Nick Saban on the sidelines, that's for sure, but I'm sure we'll still find ways to talk about him. Just a hunch. <laughs> it's a safe bet in Vegas. Uh, Heather Dinn, it's always great <laughs> to see you. See you soon, Heather. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Heather joining us 
uh, on the subject of the CFP uh, as we begin the program. Also, uh, some very, very difficult news for many of our fans to pass along. It happened late yesterday. Toby Keith, one of the giants in country music history, dying after a battle with stomach cancer. Many uh, in our audience knew, know this already, but Toby was as big a Oklahoma Sooner fan as anyone, and we will talk to one of his close friends and business associates about that fandom and about his career a little bit later on. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hardments are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. Gary Trammell on his friend Toby Keith a little bit later on and Amanda Kristovich on what the Dartmouth ruling could mean to all of us. And your phone calls straight ahead at 855-242-7285. We begin in Deep Gap, North Carolina. Hello, Hugh. Hello, Paul. Uh, over the last five years, I've had some pretty tough things to say about John Calipari and his lack of coaching skill as far as fundamental development. But in all fairness, we all need to remember, and I was really kind of concerned about the sharp edge of some of your callers earlier in the week over the Tennessee loss. It's true that the fans left that stadium. My brother was there. It, they were angry about that loss, most of them. And we need to remember that 14 years ago when John Calipari became the coach at Kentucky, he told us exactly what he was going to do. He said, if you think you're going to see Adolph Rupp structured offense, don't even show up because that's not what I'm all about. And he went on later to explain a few weeks later about dribble drive and how he found it. The unaltered truth is he's a Hall of Famer 
for one primary reason. He is the flat-out best recruiter to ever coach in college basketball. But that does not mean he has the tools, know-how, or ability to teach a team how to play team defense. If you really get down to the facts and you go through his loss record, very few teams he's lost to had talent equal to his. As an example, if you took this year four of his six losses, Wilmington, A&M, South Carolina, and Florida, the starting five he puts on the floor have more NBA players than those four teams put together. But one thing's for sure, they know how to stop a pattern offense that will score on an out-of-bounds play, and he's lost ten of those in a row. Here is my concern. The gravitas which he has, he is the most loved coach in Kentucky historically because of his personality, recruiting, and the absolute fabulous show the talent puts out on the floor. But the bottom line is, when you are that bad of a miserable loser, when the money's on the table at tournament time, sooner or later the fan base will turn on you. And my concern is, it's like Jack Welsh said, no CEO should stay in a job more than seven years. Rick Pitino had a little different twist. He said no coach should ever stay at a major university more than ten years. But it's the same thought. Once you've sold your goods, you have nowhere else to go but ride it out. Fourteen years has been too long for John and the truth is, every year that he goes deeper in the abyss of bad losses and fan disappointment, it's going to cost him big bucks in terms of his media gravitas to be a big-time media star. I think he's got media star written all over him as a color man for big-time college basketball. But he can screw that up if he keeps ducking out like a chicken heart on the radio show that he's paid $10 million a year to show up and do. Paul, that's my take. Thank you very much, Hugh. And and I I think what you said at the end is is important. And these coaches are paid to do the – they don't do any interview they don't want to do. Uh, They do the post-game shows because it's part of their contract. And when you don't do that, you call enormous attention – to whether you're capable of being a good loser or winner or whatever. It's, it's bad sportsmanship, and that's what he was talking about. Cal has ducked out on a few of those, and it, it, fans, do, fans want to hear their head coach, win or lose. It was the biggest home game of the year. And he, what, 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 is, what does John Perry have to do that's so important after the game? They'll wait for him. I mean, they're not going anywhere. If it takes 30 minutes... Ultimately, uh, they'll, they'll, uh, Coach, if you need to talk to your team, we'll, we'll be here. But just to no-show them is, is, is really not a uh, – forget not a good look. It's a, it's a, it's a loser look. Yep. He looks like a loser. Yep. Daryl is up next. Thank you, Randy. Daryl, go right ahead. But you know what? I can say the same thing about Nick Saban. I mean, most of the teams that he's lost to didn't have the same talent that he had. I mean, right? I don't know. Uh, Nick Saban's losses this year were to the number one and three team in the country, Darrell. That, that logic is extremely flawed. He also beat the number one team that was heading for a three-peat. Uh, he's done that 
couple of times now, so I, I have no earthly idea where you came up with your logic. Okay, well, let me say this, first of all. Sad to hear about Toby Keith. I knew he had stomach cancer. I didn't know he did it, that he passed. Him and I would say that him, when I think Oklahoma football, I think of Toby Keith, and I think of JR that does the wrestling. Both yeah, of them are really right. two big Oklahoma fans. But, you know, Paul, cancer is I – I got a buddy that's a preacher, okay? The man ain't never smoked a day of his life, and he's been, he just got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And it just – it seems like every time I hear someone that's got cancer, it's like it's always discovered when it's too late. It's always like in stage four or something like that. Just just terrible. But I hated to hear that. I mean, that, that, I didn't know that he had passed. Um, let me ask you – I like what Heather said. I mean, we are – George is a gold standard. You know, no doubt about that. But let me ask you something about Nick Saban, something else. Okay. Nick Saban used NIL as the reason for quitting. If that was the case, I mean, NIL just didn't come around yesterday. It's been around, what, over a year? Why didn't he quit when it first came out? Well, because uh, – I, I think what happened okay, was Nick Saban well, lost did, to Michigan. I don't have a chance to answer And he Go knew ahead. that he wasn't going to be able to – that was his opportunity right there to, to pass Bear Bryant, right, win that one more national title. Right. And it didn't happen. He said, I'm not going to wait around another damn 10 years to have another another shot at it. I'm out of here. That's what I think. But – um. And I want to ask you one more thing. Your boy Marcus Spears, all right? Marcus Spears, I used to <laughs> – Marcus Spears come on here one time and, and told some little kid that if he wanted to become an ESPN commentator, that he needed to get a degree, go to school and tell him you want to get a degree in, in broadcasting. You corrected him on that. There's no such thing as a degree in broadcast. I thought it was like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But I will give Marcus Spears credit. I heard him say something here recently. He said players get coaches fired player by not executing plays. Why Why is it that fans tend to blame coach, uh, coaches on, on stuff like that? Now, why don't they hold the players accountable? Well, what's your opinion well, on that? Well, it used to be that uh, the coaches made $12 million a year and the players did, and now the players are, are making a, a, a decent amount of money. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it very, very much. And Sandra is up next in Austin. Uh, hey, Sandra. Hi, Paul. I have a couple of things I'd like to talk about Uh so hopefully I can have a minute. Uh, I was watching the show yesterday, and <laughs> that face, you have the most cutie pie face, and I bet your mama didn't fall for it because I saw some mischief in your eyes. When you uh, were Sandra, it I, I have to cut you off right there because you're giving away one of my all-time secrets that uh, I've been able, to, <laughs> I've been able to, to con people with my entire life. See, I know. See, I have this experienced mama, mama, you know, I can read that. So anyway. But I the thing about my mother, uh, I, since I was a Southerner and she was from Brooklyn, it was, I never really had a chance to try the mischievous charm because she never stopped talking. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, well, well, I think you practiced it because you sure did. I, uh, you sure did uh, you know, my wife has often wondered how she, you know, got so lucky to at me uh i say so i um i learned uh having a mother and an older sister i don't think i spoke until i went i graduated college because i mean you could not talk in my house i mean those two women never stopped oh, okay so i but it was a valuable lesson oh. though and you understand what i'm talking about sandra Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you caught the, up to it though because now you're a talk show yeah host, but the right? smartest thing a man can do around a woman is shut up. Uh-huh. 
That is a smart thing. Yes, you're right. I, I wanted to say a couple of things about uh, your visit to Austin and some suggestions yes. that I had for you, if that's okay. Yeah, and okay. we, don't, we well, haven't Carl, we haven't nailed it down, but but it's it's coming. So I, I don't want to I don't want it to sneak okay. up on me. All right. Well, I'll give you a couple of suggestions I, after I say something about Carl and his chicken fried steak yesterday. Okay. And then that other caller called in about cooking it in the the fat. Um, I'm thinking Carl is more right the, currently because they cook it in canola or vegetable oil now, not really the fat, but I'm sure it's delicious. So anyway, just bringing that up. Uh, I had a suggestion for barbecue. Okay. Okay. So there's a place here in uh, Austin, and it's, it's kind of a chain here in Austin and in San Antonio, and it's called Rudy's. Okay. And it's a service station. And, and it's based like the old-time Texas barbecue that I grew up with. Right. You just went in. It was like a butcher shop. And you walked between the pits. <laughs> and you showed the pit guy what you wanted. And he put it on butcher paper. I like and that. so they do that. Yeah. And I was going to say, in Texas, the best barbecue does not need sauce. If it's per- perfect barbecue, you don't need anything else. Yeah, Sandra, but, I'm glad you said that because we told that story a couple of weeks ago. It's the same for for Louisiana. Remember that famous story about uh, Barack Obama going uh, to the to the uh, most famous place to get gumbo, and uh, the, the the old lady who who ran the restaurant he he reached for the Tabasco and she like slapped it out of his hand. She said, "You don't need Tabasco. I'm oh, my, I'm my gumbo." And. Uh, oh, and that, that's true. I mean, we, there's a tendency to always, I do the same thing. I mean, I'm always putting something on before I taste it. So, okay, how yeah, far, how far from the first. university do you live? Uh, up near Round Rock, okay. about maybe 40 minutes or so. Okay. So, well, we will, maybe, uh, yeah. I'm gonna, my first visit there is going to be stealth, but we'll be back later in the summer. Uh, it will be a little more publicized, so I'll let you know. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you very much. Appreciate the, uh, you got that at the gas station? Wasn't that Ed Ogeron's favorite place in, in Oxford? He used to eat the chicken on a stick at like some, uh, some Chevron station. <laughs> we'll be right back. Much more to come on a very busy Tuesday afternoon. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Welcome back. It is great to have all of you with us. And Dwayne... 
is up next. Man, the cutest face. Oh, I'm going to say you got the cutest face. Hey, come on now, Paul Fine How about Bob. that? So you, you, you're uh, already jealous of me, Dwayne. Uh, uh, Paul Feinbach, that woman said you got the cutest face ever. A person on TV. Huh? Huh? Hey, Rock Hudson. Okay, well, Rock Hudson, uh, don't right? compare me to Rock Hudson, okay? <laughs> <laughs> couldn't you have, of, uh, all, of all the uh, leading men in the uh, world, you couldn't have come up with somebody uh, better than Rock Hudson? I'll stop calling you Rock Hudson. Thank you. Hey, Rock Hudson. Yeah. Hey, check this out. Hey, Obama went at the woman Duke Chase restaurant. What's the name of that place? Duke Chase. Yeah, Duke Chase restaurant. That's a famous. That's a funny story, really. Yeah. Yeah, Leo Chase. That's she died. That woman died. That's right. She did. Yeah, she died two years back. Hey, check this out, man. I'm calling about that caller yesterday. Talking about I don't know what I'm talking about with LSU. You tell that man I'm a season ticket holder. You tell that man. I'll keep up with recruits. I follow high school recruits and everything. Why you tell that man that, huh? Huh? I don't know. Now, why you let that man know that we, uh, tomorrow, signing day, we got the number one Ellie about to sign with LSU, Tara Beasley. He flipped his commitment from Texas A&M about to sign with LSU. Hey, why you tell that man that, well, huh? Well, because my job uh, is to – see, Dwayne, you don't understand. I basically – I'm like an operator. I take the phone call – I say hello, and then I get yeah. out of the way. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah, I but am you not let that your man conventional talk sports talk show host. I don't have opinions. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you should let that man know. You should let that man know. Hey, you should have told that man that, hey, hey that man followed follow high school football. He followed recruits. You should have told that man that. I know everything was going on with LSU. And you should have told that man I'm a season ticket holder, too. Nah, that's what you should have told that man. Hey, that – Hey, I ain't no dummy about no LSU football. Now, I've been back there since the 86. But Bill Hansberg, but Bill Hansberg was the coach. You ain't no dummy. I've been back there way back. What does that mean? I ain't no dummy. Yeah, I ain't no dummy. Tommy Hobson days. Eric Anderson. Yeah, I remember those uh, guys. All them balls. Don Hilliard. Gary Jane. Yeah. Hey, I know about – hey, I go way back with LSU. Back in the 80s. All right, should throw that man in that. Hey, but check this out, buddy. Hey, Rock Hudson. Hey, you're the playboy of the year. I got to get it to you, Rock okay. Hudson. Uh, I'm you're just going to I am going to let Rock Hudson rest in peace. You know, Rock Hudson died of AIDS, huh? Yeah, I was, I was somewhat aware of that, but <laughs> that's okay. Hey, listen, uh, he, the fact that he died of whatever doesn't yeah. take away that he was. He died uh, of AIDS. You know that. Yeah, you know? I know. Yeah, but you. Yeah. Okay. You better, you better not die. By the no- way, Dwayne, that is really not funny. I mean, that, I'm sorry. I mean, I, why is that funny? It's not. I mean, I, I don't appreciate the inference there. Anyway, okay, now I've said it. I'm out of the way. My Bash brother is next. Bash brother Paul, thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Randy, roll tide to you, sir. Roll tide, Randy. My man. Paul, I got a question for you. Have you ever heard of the phrase, it's better to ask for permission instead of forgiveness, or is it forgiveness instead of permission? It's better to ask for forgiveness later than to ask for permission now. Well, I came upon that crossroads earlier this weekend when I told you that I was on campus working that indoor track meet. 
which was held in the same facility as the indoor football practice field, which is connected to the state-of-the-art weight room, Mm -hmm. which is where I went to check in and leave my belongings, fill my water bottle up, and I was ready to go. And I told you, Paul, my job was to make sure that no one's allowed in the facility with anything they're not allowed to have. And for this event, no one was allowed any food or beverage that wasn't water. So a couple hours into the competition, one of the athletes throws up everywhere, all over the track field. So they had to stop the competition for like two hours. My water bottle got empty, so I went back to the weight room to fill it up. And who's there just working out by himself with headphones on, talking to somebody on speaker, none other than Coach Prime himself? Oh, wow. While I was filling my, filling my water bottle up, I had this thought in my head. Do I ask for permission or do I ask for forgiveness if I go up to Coach Prime and say, excuse me, Coach Prime, how you doing, sir? My name is Bash, and I'm from Boulder. I'm with the Paul Feinbaum Show. And I was wondering if you would like to schedule an interview with him. Now, my question for you, Paul, is should I be asking for permission later or should I be asking no, for no, forgiveness No, no, by the way, that would be now. perfectly all right. And I don't, want to tra- uh, I don't want to try to act like I'm a friend of uh, Coach Prime. Uh, I do know him, uh, and he's been on our show. He was on a couple of years ago when he was down in Mississippi. And it was a very moving interview. He, he, he actually said that uh, my, my mom is going to be shocked that I'm on the show with you. I didn't really push it because sometimes you just take the compliment whether they're sincere or not. But uh, we had a great conversation, um, and we will talk to him again one day when, when you can arrange it. Well, now that I have permission and I have authorization to represent the show in Boulder, Colorado. He will be a, he'll be a, return, a return guest. Well, I look forward to it, Paul. Thank you again. Well done, can I have One last thing. Can I send one message to, to Dwayne because you asked me to send a message to him yesterday? Of course. Of course. Uh, you're, it's your show. Of course not, Paul. It's your show, but thanks for giving me permission. So, that caller, Dwayne, yeah, that's his name. Hey, hey, fire Matt Day is all he ever says. You joke about shooting down Curve B's plane, but come on, Dwayne. Now, I, I really don't know what happened there, but uh, I look up. My, 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 did my hands ever? It was somebody else, uh, Bash. I would never cut you off. Nor do I really tell the truth on this show. We will be right back. More to come after this. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The 
playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Hey, we welcome uh, you back. We will remember the legendary Toby Keith in just a few minutes with one of his close friends. Let's check in now with Dave in California. Hello, Dave. Good afternoon. Hey, Paul. Second time caller. Just Thank calling. You. Uh, first time I called, I was, uh, someone uh, responded that Kentucky was back on Mount Rushmore for basketball. And uh, if we can't even defend an inbounds play, we're nowhere near uh, Mount Rushmore. Anyway, uh, tonight when we play Vandy, which Vandy has beat us two in a row, I'm going to tip my little red cup in honor of uh, Toby Keith. Uh, I had an opportunity about six, seven years ago to go see Duke and Oklahoma to see who go to the Final Four. Well, I had great seats under the basket, but to my right there was Toby Keith, and to the left, there was Kobe and Gigi. Brian. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, when I saw the news this morning, I reminisced about that day, and I think Oklahoma with Buddy Hill ended up going to the Final Four. And uh, some of the callers yesterday were a little bit uh, chippy, but people, enjoy your time here on this earth because we live it day to day. Enjoy your team. And tonight, get that little red cup out and – have one uh, for Toby. Well, well said, That's Dave. It, Paul. Thanks. Thanks. Get, you got your red cell woke up? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, as we're getting closer to uh, July 1st when Oklahoma and Texas come in, we are doing a couple of various things. And when we were, we were trying to identify somebody to talk to uh, down the road uh, about Oklahoma, Toby Keith was number one. And uh, we talked to a few friends of his uh, who said that he was really uh, – too sick uh, to, to set anything up. This is now about four or five weeks ago. So uh, things have gotten progressively worse, had gotten progressively worse for him. I mentioned that we will talk to uh, Barry Trammell, a longtime uh, media person out there uh, who has a new, who's involved in a new business uh, venture that Toby Keith was part of. We'll talk to him in a couple of minutes and uh, check in next with Rick, who is in Houston. Hey, Rick. Hey, good afternoon, Paul. So a couple, three thoughts about some calls. Man, I thought yesterday that uh, Ron from Virginia and uh, John from St. Louis had morphed into one person. Yeah, uh, Ron was our final caller, and uh, he's, he's usually a sane caller. He was not oh. yesterday. Uh, he got he got he got hot under the collar. I just uh, I kept waiting for the over and out. Yeah, and, uh, and I ended up sounding like a caller talking to him, which was kind of fun for me. Yeah, it, it was fun, Paul. It was entertaining. But, hey, <coughs> excuse me. Um, uh, Sandra mentioned uh, Rudy's. Now, I'm not, I'm not uh, all that familiar with the places in Austin, but I can tell you here in uh, – in Houston, while I do enjoy Rudy's and it's uh, close to the house, that, uh, man, it would not make the top three of barbecue places in Houston. And I've, I've got to imagine that it's the, uh, the same way in Austin. 
Well, uh, well, as we get closer, Rick, uh, we'll start uh, letting everybody know the, the best places to go. First game's not till September. Is there such a thing as bad barbecue in Texas? Probably not. Checking out Gus in Columbia, Missouri. Hello, Gus. Hey, how you doing, Paul? Very well. Uh, I was just wanted to talk about that uh, $62 million that the Missouri Tigers just got for their football team. Yeah. I think $50 million of it went to uh, went to the stadium and 12 of it went to the NIL. And, you know, following a 10-win season, I feel like it's only up from here. What do you think? Yeah. I, I, where, do you, where did that money come from? Was that, was that a, a, a combination of donors or was that one person in particular? Do you know? Uh, it was... I, it, it was anonymous, so no oh, okay. one really knows. Right, okay, so. You know, that's, that's really admirable because, I mean, so many people just want their name on something. Can you imagine giving $62, $62 million and saying, don't tell anybody? That, yeah, no. That's, that is that's really so cool. Weird. I, I respect that. If I had that kind of money, obviously I don't. I wouldn't be working. Um, would you do it that way? Or would uh, you want your name no. on the building? I feel like I kind of would want my name on the building. I don't know about you, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Sixty-two million dollars is a lot of money. That's what we're all talking about. I mean, if, by the way, if you have really think is. about this though, if you have sixty-two mil to give the University of Missouri, I doubt that's the only place the person has donated. Yeah, I'm sure. That I'm sounds sure like okay. Probably. We gave a hundred to the church, seventy-five to the uh, you know finding a cure for whatever. We got 62 million. Le- we, we got a, we got 80 million. Le- just give 62 to Missouri. I mean, yeah, that's amazing. By the way, that was my my donation to the University of Missouri. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.